Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. nightmares. It's been waiting a billion years to scare you to death. Galaxy of Terror. Prepare yourself for the ultimate battle. Galaxy of Terror. You are listening to Movie Sucktastic. Explicit uh, rating right out of the way there. Shit. Shit, motherfucker. You ready? To, you ready to review a shitty movie, motherfucker? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, welcome uh, to Movie Sucktastic. Hey there. <laughs> welcome. Uh, let me get my microphone. There we go. Yeah. Now everyone can hear me. Not that it matters. It doesn't matter. It just it doesn't. I keep forgetting to bring water. I mean, we talk for like two hours, and I don't ha- I don't drink uh, anything. What's uh, wrong uh, with uh, me? Yeah, I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, this is a sober Scott night, so you ah, know. yeah. Well, you got work tomorrow. Joy, that does what does that matter? <laughs> I guess it doesn't. <laughs> How, what am I? What am I? Seventeen? Hey, yes. Hey, it's it's geez. funny. It, it's it's funny. <laughs> Uh, in a recent conversation, Scott was telling me, it's like, uh, well, well, what are we doing here? Are we fucking kids or are we going to work? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're right. I, I'm, I'm hitting that age now where like, my response to every other thing is like, what are you, a fucking child? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking baby. 
My kids complain less than you, you fuck. Oh. I, one of my big pet peeves recently is pe people using the word fair. I'm like, fair? What the fuck's fair? <laughs> fair is when you're five years old. What the, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Welcome to the real world. Uh, where shit just happens. That's yeah. that's right. Out of nowhere, shit just fucking happens. Right, and uh, th this 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 uh, month, Halloween uh, horror films happen. Oh, that's absolutely correct, sir. And we are we are uh, we are uh, diving into that. We are, uh, and, and what we're starting off the show with is a challenge, Scott's challenge to me, Galaxy of Terror. And my challenge to him, and it's not something I planned, I actually had this challenge before we decided to do horror films in all of October, is technically it's a horror film. Right. It's a mindfuck of a horror film, but it's a horror film. Okay. And I don't think Scott, well, I, I don't think you've seen it. Uh, and okay. I, and I think this will give you an excuse to see it because I don't think you would want to watch it otherwise. That, not, that's not a because, good sign. Not because you're afraid of the film in any way. It's just that you don't like where it came from. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. You you're okay. not you're not one to want to watch this movie out of principle. So it's a good excuse for me to ah. give you a challenge. Whatever principle comes into play, well, yeah, that that that's usually scary for me. It's a little scary. Um, yeah, so this episode of Movie Sectastic, we are reviewing the 1981 uh, Roger Corman film Galaxy of Terror. Yay! Thank you, thank you, Roger. Yeah, thanks, Roger. Fuck. And you know what? I, I we we're pretty much this is we're going on eight years now. Yes. So we're experienced with bad movies. This film just took me for a fucking ride. <laughs> and yeah. and you know when I challenged it to you, I remember watching this when I shouldn't have uh, on HBO as a child. I've never seen this before, and I, when you were challenging it to me, you were having me try and guess, and you said I had Sid Haig, and I'm like, you know, I'm still drawing a blank. And then when you said the name, I'm like, I never seen this fucking movie. Yeah, I, I when I was really young, I, I is one of those films I watched on cable because we grew up watching movies we shouldn't. Uh, unlike internet now, which is completely full fucking blown, right. and uh, but I, I, it was like I was revisiting it. I remembered it being bad. I mean, I didn't look back fondly. I was like, yeah, that was a bad movie. It's bad. Um, but but I was just unprepared for. It's the problem with it is is like a like a it's a space opera horror film kind of thing. It's like if you took Solaris and crossed it with. Um, uh, Hellraiser. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. can see that. Sure. I mean, it, it's it, this. This is if the Russians were doing horror films in space. This is what they would have been like in the eighties. Uh, just slow, meandering, too much metaphysical bullshit going on that no one's prepared for, and and oh, so much talking. <laughs> Um, which I'm usually not against. Uh, now, the the basic plot of the movie is, I don't know, they're flying in space. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, and they're they're flying in space, and they end up landing on this rogue planet, like a uh, rescue mission. Exactly, and instead of just you know giddy upping out of the get the uh, out of there, <laughs> they decide to stick around and try and like, hey, we should stick around for some reason. I, right, I so don't I don't know why, but we should. 
it's it's a it's a spaceship crew uh, composed primarily of television stars. Mm-hmm. You got Aaron Moran, uh, Joni from Happy Days. Uh, you've got Ray Walston, my favorite Martian. Uh, you've got uh, Robert Englund from Nightmare Before Elm Street, but I like to th- remember him from the Freddy's Nightmares TV show, so that counts. I like that. Uh, Edward Albert, who was like in every TV show ever in the 80s. Did you say Ray Walston yet? Uh, I did not say. Yes, I did. I did say okay. Ray Walston. Uh, now, uh, the commander, uh, um, uh, not, not, uh, Bernard Barons, you know, just. Right. Sid, Sid Haig, everybody knows who Sid Haig is. Of course. Uh, now, Grace Zabriskie, kinda who. Revitalized by Rob Zombie. People kind of forgot him, and then Rob Zombie just brings him right back. Yeah, the, one of the, one of the many good things Rob Zombie did. Right. Uh, now, Grace Zabriskie, she was the mother of Laura Palmer on Twin Peaks. Um, it was yeah, the, the, the captain, the, spa- the captain flying the ship. Yes, and you know what? She's your movie challenge. You're not, okay. It's, it's not, and, and I'll tell you how I'm challenging this to you. Hey, let, 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 tell me when we challenge it. Let's go stick to the film. Okay. I, I'm going to cut you off there. Uh, fine. Now, the, the weird thing with her in this is... She looks older in this than she was when she did Twin Peaks later. Yes, she she, she does. It's they, they. I mean, and I, I, how old was she? I mean, she was born she, in. Uh, she did this. Forty-one. Maybe she was, she was forty years old. Yeah, she was forty years old. So, so let's get a forty-year-old woman and make her up like she's sixty. Yeah. I just, it's, and, it's and the and worst. She's, and she's seen stuff. Oh, she's she's seen some shit. She's oh yeah, seen some shit. Look at Robert uh, England hanging out with a chick. <laughs> He's getting all cozy with her. It's like, yeah. And is this before uh, this? Is this before or after V? Uh this is before V. V came before out in 80, 84, right? Uh I don't remember. I'm pretty oh. sure that came out in eighty four. Checking. Uh, v was eighty four to eighty five. Yeah. yeah. So this is and three that, years prior. Or did, and ironically, I mean, remember watching V is like, oh yeah, that's the Freddy Krueger guy. That's actually was made the same year, so he wasn't even famous for Freddy Krueger when not, he was in this. Yeah, year. not yet. It was yeah, it, it wasn't. A, it was just oh, here's another horror film I'm gonna be in. <laughs> and who who knew? Well, Nobody now, knew. now let me. I, I got that got a little confusing there. Uh, he did V at the same time as Nightmare on Elm Street, not at the same time as this film. Right. Because this film was in um, 81. So this was before he was Freddy Krueger. Got it. Got it? All right. Now we're back on track. Anyway. Back on track. Boring people in space. (laughs) Now, uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. The whole film was a ripoff of Forbidden Planet. (sighs) Yes, it is. Um, It's the id monster. You know, it's it. (laughs) Uh, the, the the basic premise of the, mon- the monster or whatever is that while they're on this planet, their own worst fears attack them. Yeah, uh, the, this is true. And and I'm watching this movie and I'm I'm looking at this and I'm like, and I kind of figured that out. And I'm just like, this this is done really poorly. <laughs> Extremely poorly, yes. Um, you know, and and not that they have an all star cast, but they. They have some pretty decent cast members. It's like, and sure. it still comes off shitty. Sid Hagen is fucking crystals. What the fuck yeah. is that? 
Well, like the captain, Captain Trantor, uh, by you know, played by Grace Zabriskie. By the way, she's crazier in this film than she is as Laura Palmer's mother. So yeah. that gives you a heads up there. <laughs> her her big fear apparently is these uh, uh, alien aliens that they fought in this battle. Right, and at some point, at one point in the film, she's in some real shitty simulation of it. Right. So like, so they come back. I forget how she does. She blows the ship up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, Sid Haig, now some of them make are make kind of sense. Uh, uh, um, uh, Balon, or was it Commander L- uh, Ilvar? I think it was are the you, Commander Ilvar. Are, wait, are we talking Sid Haig's character? No, the old oh, guy. Oh, oh, oh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Commander uh, Ilvar. I- yeah. Ilvar. Ilvar, yeah, Ivar. whatever. He, 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 yeah, he, he's done in by... Balon uh, is Zalman King. Right. You, you know Zalman King. I know Zalman King. Fucking Red Shoe Diaries, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> I know some, I know my Zalman King. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the... Uh, the movie's painful. Searching movie's, for some black holes, that guy. Yeah. The movie, <laughs> movie is so painful. But uh, Commander Il- Ilvar is, is um, attacked by... Uh, Creatures coming out of the wall of a cave, they they drop him down into. Yeah, and they they, they suction onto him. Not a ripoff of Aliens at all. <laughs> and, and I mean, it, it wasn't truly a face hugger, but it latched onto you like a giant leech and just like sucked your blood. Uh, yeah. And here's the problem, is that half of these people, in order to understand their fear, you have to understand their backstory. And that involves listening to them talk all throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and so, like, when, when it happens to him, I'm like, wait, I missed something. What is he, he's afraid of, uh, he's afraid of, like, sucking creatures in walls? I, what, what is this, uh, what's this reference? I was like, I don't want to go back and listen more. <laughs> but it, it's, it's really, it, it's that, it's that mundane of dialogue where, you're like, you know, you're just, Zoning out. Okay, get to the. Get to I actually the fell asleep the first time I watched this. Oh, me too. I, I had to go back and rewatch the whole fucking thing. Me too. Uh, and, oh. and and even well, actually, I remember where I left off. Okay, and I picked up right from that point, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So no, then I punished I, myself. Then I I watched it from the beginning again. Yeah, I say I punished myself. It's like no motherfucker. Every time you fall asleep, you're watching this over. So no, 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 please no. I, I just I fell asleep and I woke up and credits were rolling, dude. And this movie's only eighty-one minutes with the credits, but yeah. it is a hard eighty-one hard minutes. One minutes. Oh, uh, now it's a hard one to get through. It's all it's it's as short as a Disney movie. If you don't count the credits, you're talking maybe seventy-five, seventy-six minutes. Yeah. Now the 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 uh, blonde chick who's not Aaron Moran. Uh, oh yeah, the the, the fake tits. Yeah, she she's attacked by she's raped by a giant worm. She, <laughs> when that scene's happening, and I'm looking at this thing, I'm like, is it supposed to look like a giant clit? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's uh, that's all I thought of. It's, now, it looks like a giant clit with legs. Supposedly, and who knows who you who to believe on this shit? But supposedly, it was not meant to be a rape scene. It was just supposed to like suffocator. So she and then re- like she requested it. <laughs> And then, and then, like the director or somebody was like, "Hey, I got a great idea. Let's get a raper." I know who. I know who recommended it. Who? Zalman King. Zalman. Oh, there you go. <laughs> He's like, "Listen, uh, uh, we need we need to rape this chick. They did it in Evil Dead. I know that it happened. We need to do something like that too." Did you hear about Evil Dead? 
No, what happens? A tree rapes a chick. We got to rape this chick. <laughs> I, now, this see, is Almond I, uh, King. That's the story that's told. I would have to do research that I'm not willing to do involving um, original scripts because right. for me... I mean, obviously I, I'm being sarcastic with the Zalman King no, thing, but no, I wouldn't be surprised. No, no, I, you're probably right. But but what, what I'm getting at is I, I, I have, I, there's a part of me that says, the logical part of my brain says, you're not making an 80s horror film and not already planning the show Tits. Right. So how does this suddenly become a rape scene at the last minute? No. Maybe they maybe they just didn't give her pages 27 and 28. And they surprised her. And then like, hey, you know what would be a good idea? So like, let her, you know, let her think it's, hap- it's organic. Uh, I don't know. But then... Wait, this but giant why, clip why? monster is going to just jump on top of you. Go with it. It's just going to suffocate me. Why? There's like all these gallons of slime. Oh, oh. don't worry about that. <laughs> don't worry about that. Yeah, you don't want to worry about that. And, and that, by the way, is one of the reasons I remember this film from my childhood. Oh, it's the rape scene? It's like, yeah, what else is there to remember? Except that, uh, all I remember was that, Freddy Krueger, and uh, my favorite Martian. That's Martian. the only thing I remembered from this film <laughs> from a child. And that, you know, that probably explains a lot about what happened to me yeah. growing up afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Not, <laughs> no, not good to, at all. So, um, so she's raped to death by. The, now, Sid Haig, here's where it breaks down for me. Because uh, when you start with, when you have a concept like, okay, their worst fears attack them, he uses those crystals yeah which are really like uh, like they're glass shurikens they look like chinese throwing stars but made out of glass yeah he he lives by them and sure he says at one point foreshadowing live by the crystal die by the crystal but he didn't look scared when he said it he said that was just like a philosophy uh so does the planet just listen for you to say shit or is it actually going (laughs) into your brain it was like, oh, he said something about crystals killing him. Yeah, he's afraid of those. So apparently it's a very stupid planet. That scene, his death, is my favorite scene in the movie. It's probably one of the best scenes, yeah. But, but it, the reason why, there's only one scene in there that I love. It's when he punches his own arm off his body. <laughs> because I looked, I slowed that shit down. He's not holding a knife. He punched his arm off his body. He just goes, ha! <laughs> and then the next thing you know, he's got no arm. <laughs> uh, we need to uh, freeze frame that <laughs> and, and come up with some sort of caption for it. Uh, I think it should be our, our, our new, uh, the wallpaper for the Facebook page, our cover photo. It's just, he punches his own arm off his fucking body. <laughs> Start editing a new opening now. Because... <laughs> <laughs> when he did it, I rewound it. And then I, I rewound it again. I literally watched that scene like four times. It, it was almost as good as the, the worm rape sequence. <laughs> yeah. I really. I don't know which one. I, I'm telling you, when he punches his own arm off, I'm like, no, no way. I, I, I have to rewind this. And I have to watch it again. And I did. I'm like, he's not holding anything in his other hand. He punched his own arm off. And he didn't punch it that hard, but it was like, (laughs) no arm, gone. So, yeah, the logic behind the crystals killing him doesn't make sense to me. Now, later on, Robert Englund ends up fighting himself. But I think you're right. It's just merely live by the crystal, die by the crystal. And it's just his fear was losing the crystal in some way. And that's what 
not the planet I, planet gave him, and then it killed him with it. Doesn't make sense. No, well, I'm not trying to convince you of anything. No. <laughs> so let's just get that clear. So, uh, so, I'm just so trying to figure it out as as well right. as long uh, as with you guys. What I'm saying. So, so the logic skews further with Robert Englund's character uh, because he ends up fighting himself. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> but then he only survives because he traps his other self. Right. But then later at the end. Uh, spoiler alert: Ray Walston is the master. Um, he's, master. He says that, that you have to, you know, that you have to confront your fears. That the whole planet's all about confronting your fears. Say, like, well, he didn't confront his fear of himself. He kind of like hid, hid from his fear, like <laughs> like he like he trapped his fear somewhere else. Right, right. And then and then like realized it, and then it went away. So it wasn't really confronting it as much as realizing, oh, it's a trick. But if that's the logic, <laughs> <It's a> trap, <laughs> Joni was afraid of confined spaces. Right. And she confronted her fear by actually climbing into a confined space, and it kills her. <laughs> That's right. It's spe- spectacularly, mind you, but it kills her. Yeah. So there's, it doesn't make any sense. No. No, I'm not going to reboot my computer. Fuck off. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, it's a couple of things. Uh, as far as, uh, and I'm not going to, get into movie challenges but one of the things was uh because ray walston is the master i was telling scott before we started uh going before we went live tonight that if we had not done a review for the last dragon that's what the challenge would have been uh because of who's the master you know just because i kept thinking every time they talked about this goddamn master um and then the other challenge that i might have done um was uh, a Zalman King film, but I was like, eh, it doesn't really fit the bill for us. It's just they're bad, but I, I was just like, eh. I mean, the the, the the problem with the film is it starts with boring people with no chemistry talking, moves to boring people wandering around aimlessly for long periods of time, and the occasional death, half of which are quite boring. They are pretty fucking boring. And then it all builds up to the like fifteen minute end battle between uh, Edward Albert and Ray Walston. It's fuck it. I mean, uh, when you when I think horror film and big ending, I don't think of Butterflies Are Free meets My Favorite Martian. That doesn't work. <laughs> there's nothing scary or intimidating, or there's nothing up to that. And, and I, I think the only thing that would have saved this film for me. Uh, is you saw the film? You know what happens. Habrin oh, uh, yeah. uh, confronts Core, and Core's like, "I am the master. You, you." Like, what does he? He doesn't. Does he tell him to defeat him, or just says he's done? It's like whatever. He's, he, he's he like, just, he, he doesn't just tell him to flat out kill him. He just alludes to it. Right, but he's sitting there cross-legged. He's like, "I am the master. I've killed all your f- friends. You have survived the challenge." Instead of like this whole prolonged sequence where he's fighting his fears and everything, it would just great if like uh, if if Cabrin just walked up and just just started beating the shit out of him, just the old man standing there cross like this one, right. bap bap bap. Like, oh, what are you? <laughs> I am the master. Stop! <laughs> it's like, it's just, just just fuck this shit up. Fuck! Just, all this like mind stuff just comes to oh really? Yeah. Bam. <laughs> 
maybe Sid Haig can punch someone else's arm off. Just shots him, like, dragging him around and, like, throwing him against the wall and shit. Oh, stop, the master yeah. is in pain. <laughs> I don't know. But it's really, there. there's nothing, there's nothing, and even the, uh, even, like, the, the, the backgrounds and right. the, the, the alien station or whatever, just dull. I was just like, nothing, I just... It's, it's such a painful feel. I'm so sorry, Joey. I don't. I, I didn't know what I was getting us into. It's I just qu- it's thought it's quite all right. Oh, it's quite oh. All right. I I I have little more to add. I really do. No, then let's let's not worry about it. I just uh, it made me appreciate Sid Haig all that more, though. I will say that. Yeah. Uh, now. Um, IMDb has Galaxy of Terror at 5.1. Right. No. No. It's got to be a 3. No. At least. Can we go 3 on Galaxy of Terror? Sure. Good. And I just got to see. Oh. Oh. Males under 18. average. Three of them gave it an average of 6.7. Fucking kids today. What, what's the deal? Our age, uh, males 30 to 44, 5.1, whatever. Oh, great. IMDb staff, two of them, three, average of three. Really? I yeah. can't fault that. that is, you know, I'm, finally, IMDb staff's like, you know, doing their shit. <laughs> but I'm a... They're just doing it. You know what? And I just got to say real quick. Um, right. I, I, I keep seeing ads for this designated survivor TV show. Fuck, I, I'm not even interested. I, I'm not interested in any of that stuff. It's a it's a whole TV show about the vice president who becomes president. Is that am I right in that, or is it like like third down? Well, what ends up happening is Kiefer Sutherland is so far down the chain, they literally assassinate everyone in front of him, and he becomes the president because they killed everyone in front of him. You know, it's, uh-huh. like, it's like where it's, you know, it's like uh, the president dies and the vice president becomes president, pre- vice president dies yeah. and it's a secretary of state or sp- is it speaker of the house? I get that. Yeah. Something like that. But then yeah. it keep, keep, but, but it's, a, it's a t- it keeps going. Now he's president. Now he's president. And it's this whole storyline of they did it because they thought that they can control him and it doesn't turn out the way they thought. It's like, who fucking cares? Yeah. Wait, wait. Putting it, put, putting somebody in the White House they thought they could control, and then all hell breaks loose. We got that going now. Why do I have to watch this fucking show? <laughs> it's pointless. Pointless. Are you sure it's Kiefer Sutherland? It's Kiefer Sutherland. It's Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm surprised yeah. that the show hasn't been canceled yet because I, I, not that I hear bad things, I just can't imagine that the ratings are good enough to keep renewing it. Dude, I, I stopped, I stopped trying to predict that shit years ago when I said, hey. Nine, Beverly Hills 90210 and Elf, these shows aren't going to last. And uh, Never mind. And then shows that we really enjoy, like, say, Titus, what, three seasons? Done. Uh, that, uh, yeah, but th- that was a healthy run for that. But, yeah, well, but, I, yeah I've got a, a long list of shows I love that like, don't make it past one season, yeah, because I don't have... Right. But then, like, yeah. Big Bang Theory, it's like and they're in their 11th season. What the fuck is that? The unfunniest fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. I posted it on our Facebook, our, our Movies Like Tastic Facebook page, but have you ever seen the show 
people, what they do is they take the laugh track out. Uh-huh. And they play the episode without the laugh track. Without uh, the crutch of the canned laugh. It's like it's, Will and Grace for straight people. It's just it's horrible. It's cringe-inducing when there's no laugh track. I, the laugh track is there just to help you along. It's like, oh, that's funny? Okay, I'll laugh at it. But if you know what's funny, then you're not going to laugh at it anyway. Oh, I, I give up. Anyway, I'm sorry. I got I got sidetracked by IMDb. That's uh, okay. What's your challenge to me, sir? And then right. we'll talk a bit about other horror films. So I made a mistake with my challenge. And Uh-oh. the movie that I was thinking of is not the movie that I thought. It's, Fuck it. It's directed by the same person, though. Okay. Now, one is pretty much like a flat-out horror film. The other one has elements of horror, but is more of a comedy. Now, the challenge is based off of the... Um, here, let me get it for you so I can do it right. Grace Zabrinsky, Captain Tranter. The the character, you're not going to get it, so I'm not even going to give you a chance to guess. She looks right. exactly like the teacher from another film, but younger. But they have the same kind of facial features and the same eyes and the same I, gap in their teeth. I'm already confused. Okay. Anyway. It, the challenge, the connection is that this actress looks exactly like another actress in this other movie that I was going to challenge you to, and that's how I came up with the challenge. But that's not the movie I want to challenge you to. So the connection is going to be... I'm getting whiplash here. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. And the connection is going to be this film deals with people dealing with their fears, okay? And that is kind of a subplot of this film I'm challenging you to. It's about accepting who you are and letting go. Like, accepting this transformation that you've been given. If this is Beauty and the Beast, I'm quitting the show. It's not Beauty and the Beast. Okay, all right, all right, okay. Okay? Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. Now, the challenge that I was going to, that I've changed my mind on, is Yoga Hosers, directed by Kevin Smith. It went theatrical. The teacher in Yoga Hosers... Looks exactly like Grace Zabrinsky. It's creepy. But that's not what I initially... I thought that this teacher was in this other movie. Uh, I got the two crossed. So what I'm challenging you to... I, well, hold on. Just just to clarify. Yeah. I, I shared with you the pain I went through watching the first 20 minutes of Cop Out. And you were going to give me another Kevin Smith film? Yes. Because this one actually falls in the horror category. Uh, and such a great title too. Isn't he so good at like well, naming? It, it's not Yoga Hosers. It's his other film. Well, other, oh. Do you know what it is? You make you're making me watch Walrus. Tusk. Tusk. Same thing. Yes, Justin Long has been given. He's got to conquer his fear. He's got to accept this transformation. <laughs> uh, so. so that's your movie challenge. Is Tusk. Oh, thank you, sir. We can do it at any time this month. Doesn't have to be next week. Take your time. We have I'm all try- month. Well, I'm trying to burn through a bunch of horror films I've never seen before, so there's no reason why we can't do it next week. Okay. Uh, now, um, we also wanted to bring some other movies to the table. Yeah. Talking, and- talking more horror films. And if you're listening to the show and you're on the Facebook page, recommend horror films. I was supposed to post stuff on face on our Facebook page this week, but I've been tied up. So my yeah. apologies. No, it's um, same here. Um, so we're these are going to be more quick. Like we spent 
about 25 minutes on Galaxy of Terror, which I'm surprised we did that long, to be honest. Right. Um, so these are going to be more uh, quick reviews of films. It's not going to be like the usual 30, 45 minute hour reviews that we do sometimes. Sure, We're sure. just going to bring up a film. We're going to talk some high points, low points, and then just move on to the next. Right. So or, do you, you know, do you want yeah. me to start or do you want to start? Uh, go ahead and start since Galaxy Quest, Galaxy Quest of Horror was mine. Okay. So what I'm going to bring to the table is a film that I saw when I was a kid that I should have never seen as a kid. Watership Down. Sorry. <laughs> no. Uh, it's, a, it's a film from 1982. Starring Barbara Hershey, called the Entity. Aha! Didn't we review that recently? We've or never I, we've never we, reviewed it. We might have we, brought it to the show and briefly talked about it, but we've never yeah, actually reviewed it. I watched it because it came up. Um, so the Barbara Hershey's character in the film, uh, it's based on a true story. Right. Uh, her name is Carla Moran. It's based on a true story. She moves into a house that turns out is haunted except this entity rapes her through the whole film repeatedly and brutally and it's crazy it's to the point of where her kids are walking in on her being raped by this entity and she calls in this uh this uh this team of scientists and uh paranormal that always goes well yeah to like film and take pictures and document and they the thing is the, the movie it says based on a true story and then there's a scene in the film where there's this image or ghosting or apparition uh, whatever you want to call it and they say that that actually happened so when they took the pictures it's basically just a white light like in front of her face and in the middle of the room and it's like, in the movie, it's like almost clearly shows this person, <laughs> this entity. And it's like, dude, it looks like, actually, it looked like Yul Brenner to me as a kid. I'm like, look, it's the king and I. <laughs> it just looked, or like Mr. Clean. I, I just don't, I just remember, like, it looked like a bald person. <laughs> yeah, th th this is a film that I grabbed, I think, last year at my wife's request because uh, she prefers her horror films rapey. Oh, okay. And, and, uh. Best end, best closing line of a film ever. Oh, um. Welcome home, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I, honestly, that scared me more than the whole film. Yeah. Because yeah. they had that. It's like, well, did that just happen? <laughs> did, <laughs> was that in the film or is that behind me? What the fuck was that? And then, of course, they throw up the blurbs. It said, and although when she moved into the new house, the rapes were less frequent but still happened it's like oh my god yeah it's like it followed her like, like, how, is that, how, how is that even possible i thought entities and ghosts and apparitions and all that garbage is they're kind of tied to uh it they're kind of tied to the dwelling of where you find them did you learn nothing from paranormal activity sir yeah, well no i didn't learn anything at all actually <laughs> neither did they <laughs> it's okay but it's just like holy shit this thing following around. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when they're in the house and you just hear this <laughs> this noise. And then anytime there's any kind of uh, build-up tension or whatever, it's 
it's almost like you know, um, uh, like like you're in a German club before that was popular. It's like some some club owner, some uh, wh- what's it called? Uh, oh, what is that shit? The DRM, not DRM. Uh, it's that type of club music where it's basically just bass and and drops and all that stuff. Anyway, it's like I'm someone. Not hip, I can't tell you. I, I don't know either, but I, I just know that it's very popular amongst the young kids these days. Oh, amongst the hooligans. Yeah, and ruffin, someone out ruffin. there is screaming at me. It's like it's blah blah blah. It's like yeah, I don't care what it's called. I just know that it's called some sort of digital uh, music of some kind. Anyway, it's like someone saw that movie and said, "Man, I could turn that into like a real hot beat." But anytime there's anything, it's like, like that's the noise, and it just gets louder and louder and louder until you you just want it. It's like, please make it stop. And I think what it's supposed to do is it's supposed to make you feel like you're being raped. I I, I mean, your eyes are first of all, but in a fun way. Yeah. So they that music starts kicking into, and then they're all like going through the house and. The, the kid goes in the crawl space and he's like, she's like, don't do it, don't do it. And he's like, it's all right, it's all right. And he's crawling through and then he, then the music kind of slows down and fades out and then he starts pushing on the pipe. There's a pipe under the house and it goes, and he's like, oh, see, it's just the pipe. And she's like, well, who touched the pipe? Because <laughs> it's under the house. It's like, uh, yeah, I get that the pipe is making the noise, but who was touching it to make it make that noise? Because it was a heavy pipe. And then he just looks at her, and then the, the scene fades. And it's just like, oh, fuck. And then throughout the whole film, anytime she's being raped, anytime any tension is happening, it's that fucking crazy deep bass music. And I remember seeing this as a kid. And my mother, my parents were very liberal with this shit. And I've brought it up on the show many, many times. It has to be their European upbringing that they were just so lax with this stuff. And but my mother knew of this film and she wouldn't let me watch it. So my bedroom was across uh, from what well, was right next to the living room. So they're watching this movie and I watched this whole movie through a crack in the door. They didn't know I saw the film, but that's how I watched the whole movie. You well, disgust me. I mean, if they wanted me not to watch it, they should have closed the door. It, it, if, and if she if she didn't want to be raped by the ghost, she she just you know, yeah, she she shouldn't have been dressed that way. That's right. <laughs> uh, she, you know. she, she had it coming. Um, but anyway, that's how I watched the film. It's the only time my parents were ever, or at least my mother was like, "You can't watch this," and I'm like, "But I want to." Now, you can't watch this one. This one you can't. And I watched it anyway, uh, just through the crack in my door. It was um, a cross between. Um, Amityville Horror and Behind the Green Door. No, no, no. no. A cross between Amityville Horror and uh, I can't think of a rapey film. A rapey uh, movie. I, I spit. I spit on your grave. Spit uh, on your grave. Uh, without, without. Say hello. Yeah. <laughs> Hundred twenty days of Sodom. I wouldn't go that far, please. <laughs> it's like what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And, you I, know, should I be I, dancing, or should I? I don't know what's happening. I, I love the. What year was that? Was that seventies or eighties? Uh, the entity came out in nineteen eighty-two. Yeah, that's what I thought. Those early eighties films, they, there was no. 
Like they based on a true story, and nobody said, "Hey, you know, can we like give it a happy ending or something?" Said, "No, no. we stay with the harsh reality. She was raped the rest of her life by a ghost." <laughs> Jesus, that's like the beginning of the story, right? I mean, come on. So I, I like the if they remade that now, you know, they like they would just they wouldn't they they play it coy. They wouldn't come right they, out. And, they would probably try and make it sexy somehow. Oh God! I I don't know. It's just God. like they, they would get like a really attractive woman, God. and uh, they probably have her like in the doggy style position. Weezy just, there. Well, I'm just saying. It's just like she'd be. Eesh. She wouldn't be able to move. Maybe she gets stuck in a window. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm cleaning the oven and I can't get out. <laughs> I've seen those. Yeah. Oh, I, it's, I'm re- I reached out the window to go clean, uh, you know, the the or plant some some flowers in the planter on the outside of the house, and I got stuck. I see we're I see we're visiting the same websites. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna segue from that into. Um, you know which one I saw not that long ago? There's, oh, don't. There's this woman, right? And she has one shoe on, and she can't find the other. And she's looking all over the place. She's looking in the closet. She's looking, uh, you know, she's looking uh, in the hallway. She she gets into the bedroom and she sees it. She sees it under the bed. So yeah, she crawls yeah. under the bed I've to go this. get it, and yeah, she I've can't. She can't get out. Yeah, seen, okay, all right. <laughs> this is not the film we should be reviewing. But yes, I know. I know what you're talking about too. <laughs> Sad part is I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm going to. You know what? You know what's weird? Oh, it's like he, the other- here, here's the scene where Sid Haig punches his own arm off. <laughs> so I want to slow down for a second. I want to talk everyone through this scene. All right. So he's got a piece of the crystal. It's going up his arm. It's obviously a piece of latex, but it's still cool looking. All right. So now it's traveling up his arm and he's he's like, ah, <laughs> so he's got nothing in his other hand, nothing. And he just lifts his other hand straight up and punches it off. <laughs> and it's a clean cut, too. It's like. He had to have had a knife or a machete. No. Nothing. He punched his own arm off his own fucking body. Probably wasn't the intention, but... Ha! Ha! <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> I gotta briefly point, touch on what you were talking about a minute yes, ago. I'm sorry. I was, uh, I, I had political podcast I was listening to, and they were talking about this whole thing with Jared Kushner, uh, where a prankster... He was contacting uh, his lawyer or somebody, pretending to be Jared Kushner and claiming that the emails that that uh, were coming from his personal account that other people have got uh, had links to um, fetish porn on them. And he's described the the, the guy the guy in the political talk show host the Bob Seska show. Okay. Uh, I recommend it. Uh, but he's he's saying how um, it was. Yeah, he was describing these things with like a bit with women stepping on like uh, Lego buildings, and I think it was that fetish. I think it's called gigantri- gigantrices. And I'm like just driving. I'm not thinking. It was like giantesses. It's the giantesses. It's like, <laughs> and like, and then like there's like a pause. Like I shouldn't know that. I should. That shouldn't be right, right off the top of my head. <laughs> it really shouldn't be. A, and like the next episode, he corrects himself. Says so apparently it was giantesses. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I I've never heard of that. Thank you for that. Yeah, no. See, I, I've I've gone further down the hole than the the sh- law shoe video. So, well, I won't deny and that. It, <laughs> speaking of Kevin Smith, I mean the hole is pretty. It's pretty deep. I've been in there, but I I, yeah. I I didn't know anything about the Lego fetish. It goes deeper. Although I've yeah I've told my wife you know some 
some weird fetishes. It's like, uh, will come up on like a talk show or TV or whatever. And she's like, that's a fetish. I go, babe, there's a fetish for fucking everything. I told her, I go, think of something weird. Like right now, the weirdest thing you can think of, there's probably a fetish for it. And if there isn't, there will be. Yeah. It's the way it works. It's not a, it's not a perfect system. No, uh, no, certainly so sp- not. So sp- speaking of Kevin Smith. Yes. Um, one of the f- horror films I watched this past week is the horror film Holidays. Oh, I don't know that. Uh, it came out. Yeah, I gotta Kevin get Smith date. have something uh, to do with that? 2016. I'm getting there. This came out last year. It's an anthology horror film about what? <laughs> Hol- holidays. I thought you'd jump in there. Yeah, oh, it's, oh. It's, I was half paying attention. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's an anthology horror film, uh, which I really think the anthology horror films uh, ha- uh, caught an upswing with when VHS came out. I think you're right. So I mean, what, they've, what they've, are, they've always made them. I mean, they were making them back in the 70s, but I think VH, VHS really kind of like uh, kind of br- breathed some bre- breath, growth. It kind of puts some new life into it. Right. And and so they've been coming out a lot of them. This one's called Holidays, and it's so, about different holidays. Well, what are the holidays? Are, do they do the three big ones, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas? I, I, I want to stress something that's bothering me with a lot of these anthology sh- fil- shows, films. The horror, it's, and this is specifically horror anthology. You tell. The problem is they're getting, instead of like the old days where like Tales of the Crypt was like three or four stories. Yeah. So each one had like a good 20 minutes and they would tell an entire story. It was like watching an episode of a TV show. It was sure. like, you know, everything. Um, VHS kind of did the same thing too. It weren't that many. Uh, some were shorter than others. Yeah, three that, to four that, parts in VHS. ABCs of Death started this trend, I believe. I'm probably mm-hmm. wrong, but that's when I first noticed it. If you you probably haven't seen ABCs of Death, they made a sequel too. I've seen ABCs it, of Death. Oh, you did? Yeah, I saw that a long time ago. Right. Okay. Now I haven't seen it in a long time, but. I've seen tell it. me if your tell me if your experience is the same as mine. I watched the beginning of it with the first one, the A, and I was like, "Wow, this is great! This is fucking awesome." Twenty five short films later, like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> Only good one was A. Yeah. But the problem is, so they all these filmmakers say, "Okay, make me like a five minute short." What are you the fucking doing? Five minutes, and a lot a lot of these anthology show. Uh, Horror, a lot of these horror anthologies are doing the same thing now. Where instead of doing th- two or three, uh, like that Christmas one, uh, we, I, I recommend oh, to you that's yeah. here. Uh, actually, Christmas. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean that it had two or three main stories, and then it had a, uh, and then it had the wraparound story that kind of intertwined and connected everything. Right. This is this is just okay. Our themes holidays. We're gonna give you. We're gonna throw like seven or eight fucking short films at you. They're gonna be like ten minutes in length, so there's not enough time to do it. It's basically watching a short film convention. You know, and I believe, and this is just my own theory. It's they're catering to people's short attention span. I, I think it's just. Think it's, about it's, it. I mean, it's like okay, you didn't like this one. Here's another one. Ten more minutes. You don't like that one. Here's another one. Ten more oh. minutes. I, I don't think it's. I, I slightly disagree. I don't think it has to do with attention span as much as if you throw enough shit at the screen, some of it will stick. So if I watch this, I'm gonna enjoy as I did some of them. So I'm not gonna say it was a bad film. I'm gonna say, oh, 
it was good. And there were some good parts, bad parts. This whole kind of hit right. or miss thing. And it, it, it's it's this film too is like one of those things where the first one was Valentine's Day. I thought that was it was cute. It had a kind of uh, it had a kind of a um, um, da ba 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 creep show feel to it. Okay. All right, then we went on to St. Patrick's Day, which was quirky and interesting. But ha- and here's the problem: most of them, they don't, they, these, they don't even bother trying to end the short. Really? Oh my God. Oh yeah. Now the Valentine's Day one was great. It had a punchline. It had the setup. It had the delivery. It was like night. St. Patrick's Day is like here's a premise. We're gonna go with it. Uh, just throw, throw whatever. Have them dance around. What <laughs> the fuck? Yeah. At least half of the films were like that. Uh, the What's really painful is one of them is called Father's Day. It has a really cool gimmick to it, or uh, or de- plot device, so to speak. Okay. And it's beautifully sh- filmed, sustains the tension and everything wonderfully. Uh, I thought it was excellent up until the fact point where they just said, you know what, we're not going to give it an ending. Oh. Really. We're just gonna. That's my take. You may see it differently, but I was like, it's like, oh, it's about. Oh, let's just do this, and then we're done. What? <laughs> yeah, there's no idea how to fucking end it. Um, Seth Green's in it. He does a Christmas one that's kind of cute. Uh, you know, lighthearted one. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to check this out. Yeah, I, I, I would do it. Um, and then there's the one that that Kevin Smith did. Oh no. And any everything I usually expect to receive from Kevin Smith, I received in his short for Halloween, which was. Bad dialogue, a shitty idea, and this kind of self, uh, self-aware, uh, self-deprecating hipness. Oh no! It's just fucking. And he likes to get a lot of hot girls to read dialogue, and they can't fucking act, and he can't fucking write dialogue for shit, and he doesn't know the first thing about fucking horror films. Obviously, <laughs> fuck Kevin Smith once again. <laughs> so, my, I, I was, so I think our episode of Tusk is going to be a good one. Well, you know what? I will I will stop t- telling him to go fuck himself when he stops making shit and start actually living up to the potential that he showed way back with uh, Clerks. Sure. Hell, motherfucker. Even Chasing Amy. I mean, that's probably the best film he ever did. Well, yeah, yeah, but that's oh yeah, that, that is his best film. But I mean, like he he showed all this potential, and then it's like ah, ah, I'll just do this shit. It's a, it's the it's the worst huh. part. It's it's the worst segment in holidays. Is the Kevin and Smith one? Is the Kevin Smith one? Jeez. And that's and that's up against a couple of stiff competitors. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, it's but it's overall it's worth seeing for some of the shorts. But just be prepared to, uh, if you if you start fast forwarding past one or two of them, don't feel guilty. Oh, and the weirdest part, the weirdest one is Mother's Day. It's a, it's it's one of these shorts that honestly would have been better as a full length film. Really? Okay. But but in its current state, it feels like a like a um, uh, student film. I it's you. just and just meandering and pointless if it it was almost like well we don't have time to build any kind of suspense so we'll just do this and it's just like it was a great, an interesting concept I, I would have rather seen that as like an hour and a half long low budget horror film right. than than the form it was in and the easter one's great the easter one's good cool yes be, because it's sacrilegious <laughs> okay so jesus uh, is involved great yeah but that uh well it's easter well, duh. 
Well, um, I could just be a giant bunny rabbit killing people, but you said it's good, so it's it. Yeah, it's 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 it. Yeah, but it, it, it's not a great film. And again, it, but as far as anthologies go, it's okay. All right, I'm gonna check it out. Maybe yeah. something I can get the wife, the the missus, to watch and with me. Please, please let me know if you disagree about the Kevin Smith scene. Okay. Oh. Uh, all right, so what do I got? What am I going to bring to the table here? All right, so here's a film that you saw, and I just recently saw No it. table, by the way. There's, we have two desks, and we're not in the same room. There's no table. We have no table. No table. No table. Nothing. What does that Sorry. mean? We have no anyway. table. What does that even mean? We keep saying bring it to the table. There's no table to bring it to. I didn't realize I said it. I was confused. You said like three times. <laughs> I, I know. And I didn't realize I even said it because when you're talking about what, there's no table. I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> Sad part is I probably used it first, and you probably just picked it up. For I, me, I, so. I, I, you never know. I, I don't know. It's 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 in my wheelhouse of vocabulary words. What's what's next, Mr. Anyway, um, you've seen this. I just saw it, and it's a film from last year called The Babadook. Yeah. <laughs> the Babadook. Fucking just Which, just a great fucking movie it is a great fucking movie and i guess what i should really be asking right off the bat is we doing spoiler alert on this yeah spoiler alert um we are we're gonna talk a little bit about the ending uh or or the the meaning behind it and no it has nothing to do with homosexuality okay stop 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 reading just get get away from the internet yeah because it's not it's not fucking helping you. Well, the whole the whole th- reason why that happened was because it was accidentally categorized as an LBGTQ film. Yeah. So what the that the community did was they just accepted it. No, no. What? Don't say that. That not, the community didn't do a thing. Somebody wrote something about it and everybody jumped on it. There's, That's there's, not what I read. That what yeah. I what I, hold on yeah. hold on. Let me just finish my statement. What I what I read was that it was uh, it was wrongly categorized, and when it was corrected, they just accepted the film, at, almost like as a joke. How does a how does a large group of of people, um, based on a a uh, you know whatever what. How does a large demographic, let's put it this way, how does a large okay. demographic right. together universally accept something? That's not, that, that's what, that's what everybody, that's what this, that's the speak, that's the talk, that's, that's what, that's what we say online now. Well, going with your, your it, statement a minute ago, I'm sure somebody did write something that, you know, helped what, push it forward. What happened was somebody ran with the joke and, and did their own creative, uh, uh, cinematic, um, critique and and used film theory and criticism. Well, that's bullshit. And you, well, no, but it's fun. I mean, it's, I'm not even saying it's a bad thing. I, you know, I like doing that. You know, well, I, I, I like mean, talking. the shit's just being made up. Yeah, but that that's that's what the whole point of film theory and criticism. No, if you can, no, no, I, if you I can get that. I get that. Yeah. So, but somebody did it, and then people who aren't smart enough to get the joke argued, and then they, they defended, and then it blew up because it's the fucking internet. And next thing you know, it's like, oh, the gay community is it? No, the gay community didn't do shit. All right, it just it just it became a meme online or whatever the fuck you want to call it, and everybody ran either either fell for it or ran with the joke. Right. That's it. So I read a condensed version of there was a mistake and they went with it. 
thank you for that, actually clarifying that and making uh, a more broad statement. So you, I, I no, I, I, you know what? I'm sorry. It's just little things annoy me like that lately. Uh, <laughs> maybe I should be drinking right now. I'm sorry. Well, it's, but, hey, uh, if you want. But uh, uh, so anyway, the film at hand is the Babadook, and there is this is a psychological. I wouldn't even call it a. Th would you call it a psychological thriller? I guess you can. There's horror. a lot. It's, it, 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 it's a psychological horror film, and when you break it down, nothing. I don't like the term thriller. Okay, when you break it down all the way to its core, nothing is actually happening except a woman. And again, spoiler alert, just so we're all clear, a woman is she is so depressed and lonely that it's it, it's. It's all in her head. Now you took that away from the film, right? Yeah, no, that's definitely yeah. what it is. I mean, it's it, psychologically. It's... See, what happens is in the in the film, she is pregnant with the unborn child, and the husband is taking her to the hospital, and they get into a car crash, and he dies, and she has to live with that, and her child is born, and he's healthy, and he just as a reminder of that day or that night always and she cannot there's she, even though she loves this child she cannot accept it fully so she's gone off the deep end well, she is in a dark dark place yeah i mean there, there's a lot of elements of postpartum depression and then there's uh survivor's guilt on top of um you know the you know not dealing well with the loss of the husband yep. Uh, all that's in there, and it, it's really just a, a great psychological horror film. And yeah. again, this this is not really this is that what Joey just said is not explained or told. You have or, to figure it out. It's not even it's not even like um, um, hinted at. Really, there's a lot of little hidden gems in this. There's th well, yeah. What it does is there's there are like two or three main things and other little things that are sprinkled throughout. So the 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 intelligent viewer catches on to this stuff and goes, wait, wait, there's something else going on here. Right. And, uh... Like, just like little things that I notice. Uh, like, for instance, there's a scene in the movie where she finds a book. Okay? Where the, kid, the, the this, son finds the book. The Babadook. And this is a, big, this is a big spoiler alert. Definitely. This is a huge spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, so, we're, this is where we're going to go with it. Uh, so, the, the son finds this book, The Babadook, and she starts to read this book, and kids of book. course, kids book, kids, kids book. book, and she starts reading this book, and the kid, of course, gets scared, so she has to read something else. Now, when you first well, hold see, on. What? Hold on. but the book keeps coming back, and like the, you know, the book so keeps like at one so point like, she rips it up, and then it comes back all taped. Uh, right. But there's a part in the film where she's at like the, this the this princess party for her sister's daughter, oh. and oh. She, She's talking about, you know, herself and what she used to do. Well, in, no, hold what? on. J j let's just set what? the... I mean, so much is in this filmmaking, too. She's sitting down. There's two or three other uh, mothers standing over her, practically. Pretty much. Yeah, that scene and, is and, designed to look that way. And Yeah, that's that's my point. And it's like, so, she, you know, she, she's already feeling insecure, and, and they're like, they're, she, they're half paying attention to her. She's like, she's, she's not even really there. And the one of them asks her, what do you do? And, and she says, oh, I used to write, and write shit, and like, they cut her off. Yeah. So she doesn't even get the full sentence out, but if you're paying attention, it clicks. It's like, oh, she used to write children's books. Yeah. 
Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's that for me. That's the that's the the big hammer. I mean, everything else in the film is like, yeah, I think it's her. When that little thing they slip in there and don't even let it go all the way, then it's like that. That's well, the slap in the face. What really ha- and I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it just because it's such a great film. What really hammers it home too that if you didn't think that okay maybe she she wrote this book that her son found it's in the house what really hammers it home that she did is after she starts getting these weird calls phone calls uh, and there's the Babadook on the other end she goes to the police station to report you know that someone's calling her that's stalking her and she wants to do a restraining order whatever you have it and you see her hands. She's got black charcoal all over her hands. Right. Because she finds this book all taped up with all new pages in it. Uh Uh-huh. Because there's a bunch of blank pages when she initially reads the book. And it's like, she's so fucked up, she didn't even realize she just drew new pages. Right. I mean, but... And later on in the film, later on, and this is a huge spoiler alert. Later on in the film, where they end up in the basement and the son, she, she wakes up all tied up in the basement. And the son is telling her that, you know, she needs to get rid of the Babadook and, uh, you know, you need to fight it and all that. And then she throws up this black, like, viscous something. And then you figure it out later that it's probably pen ink or just some sort of ink that she just drank because she's so fucked up. That I disagree with you on. I think that's part of the hallucination. You think it's because it's all over her clothes. And you don't get the sense that the kid is not seeing it. I well, th- you're dealing with the f- the whole film takes place from her point of view. Yeah, really. So technically, the f- sh- the film is an unreliable narrator. The film is showing us what she sees or what's you know, it's it, it's a device used often to fuck people up. Uh, I mean, like look at Fight Club, for example. Just right. you know, just it's not a great example, but there's one. Um, because you know what I think I would have to rewatch all of that to see if this ink gets on the kid in any way because he's really close to her helping her up and whatnot. but there's so much going on that's hallucinatory with her too that is true insects coming out of the wall and all that so I mean like the house is changing around her in some in in certain points but it's obviously projected like the fact you know during some of the scenes the walls are cracking and then of course the walls are fine like right. you said, with the bugs coming out of the wall, and then the wall yeah. is fine. So it's like, yeah, there is a lot of hallucinatory stuff in here, and it's all in her head. And yeah. So, so this Babadook is like, it's, it's her person uh, personifying this this darkness within her uh, that she's trying to fight, and it, 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 it's summed up beautifully at the end. Yeah, which she- which the studios didn't want that ending. I they, didn't hear that. They what wanted they, want? they wanted the fucking happy ending. They wanted her oh. to kill the Babadook. Oh, yeah, and the director, the director, um, it's a woman. I, of course, on. it's a woman. <laughs> uh, the director is <laughs> I mean uh, Jennifer, I, Jennifer Kent. Meant that in a good way, mind yes. you. And it's well, yeah. Uh, it, her name is Jennifer Kent, and she's quoted as saying, "The studios tried to have me change the ending." literally almost until the end uh, of or the beginning of production and she said listen i would rather not make the film at all if i have to change the ending and she stuck to her guns and they let her keep the ending because it's a smart horror film yeah very it's smart a, it's a very great, smart great movie. it's yeah 
And there's a lot of stupid people out there. Oh my god. So I can't, I can't even. That's why I didn't read anything about it. I knew very little about it, and so when I watched it, I'm like, "Wow!" I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, "Holy shit! I love where this is going and and what it's doing." Yeah, dude, um, it's, it's it's like it's like mother. As soon as I caught on that, like that was being intentionally vague. I was like, "I'm not even reading. Like, I, I, I'm not reading wow. anything." I, I didn't I didn't expect it. to read what I was going to read about it at oh, no, all. I, I, I've gotten really good at avoiding that shit. How am I going to avoid it? It was on my Twitter feed by someone I didn't think was going to say something like that. I again, you know I, who you are. You might not though. I probably don't. <laughs> no, uh, it, it's but, uh, someone that lives in your house. <laughs> not 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 Holly. Oh no, she didn't see Mother. Come on. Somebody in your house saw Mother and made a tweet and kind of ruined it for me. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, wh- wh- the, the the short one or the tall one? The tall one. Of course it was her. <laughs> Fucking art students. And it's just, it's like, yeah, this movie should do horribly. I'll paraphrase. It should do horribly because it's a ripoff of this other movie. And I'm like, oh, come on. Uh, and even if, and it, here's the thing, even if it's like not even remotely like that film, it's still going to ruin it for me because I'm going to be looking for all these things and I'm going to over, I'm going to, over I'm, I'm already done talking about it yeah don't even say anything else yeah it's just i'm it's i have to watch it now and then by the end of it i'm gonna be like god damn it well, saw that coming a, a mile away because i read that well here's a here's a film i can't possibly ruin for you all right Is leatherface this... <laughs> you just saw that didn't you yes i did ah now um i can't ruin it for you i honestly can't what, what I can tell you is that it's not a bad film, per se. Right. It's not really bad. The problem is... Um, in the Over the last decade, if there's one thing that's been, like, kind of hammered home for all these horror film reboots and remakes... Pardon me. Is that it's not good enough just to go back and, like revisit these things you have to bring something new to the table that's okay. i mean it i just fucking did it again <laughs> you just, well, where, where's this table you <laughs> you have to you have to give the audience something new the nightmare on elm street reboot table. failed to do that horribly the halloween still reboot, haven't still haven't seen the new uh the reboot of friday of uh, uh, nightmare on elm street still haven't seen it yet not honestly barely worth it except for the fact of uh jack uh, what's his name jack earl haley oh jackie earl haley you know and and the only thing from that that i because i flipping through channels it was on the only thing i saw before i changed it because i said you know i should watch it from the beginning even though i hear it's not good the only scene that i saw is this kid taking these fucking micro naps where it's like he's he's sleeping for like a split second and he just sees like freddy's world and then he snaps out of it because they're micro naps yeah, I. It's just like it, I'm like they really they're going there with that. That that believe me, that's the most interesting thing in that film. Really, everything else. It, and again, they they all, it's the same movie. They took all the same scenes. They throw a little. And here's what they do too. All these reboots, they'll say, "Oh, we'll throw a twist in," so the surprise you. It's like for, for so for the Nightmare on Elm Street one, it's whether or not he's at he was actually a child molester. Oh Jesus. 
Yeah, and it's like, okay, that's not enough. And, Sorry. And he's clearly a child molester in all the other films. Why would they change that? Well, I, I think it was implied that he was falsely accused in the first film. But... I'm not sh- or at well, least he, he was never brought to trial, so no one ever really proved it. Well, anyway, yeah, I mean, well. the whole the the Friday the Thirteenth uh, remake, you know, all these things. Like the problem is they don't bring anything new. Uh, okay. To just, so, the, the Leatherface movie, very promising. Get the little kid in the pig head. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. That's about as that is about as new as it gets. The the only other the only other new thing this film gives is that it kind of explains why Leatherface that we know doesn't talk. Okay. But and I don't. But is that worth an hour and a half? No. I don't. I don't know. Certainly not. The problem is, and now again, I I, I, I think that this is out of all the ch- Chainsaw films, probably the uh, the most uh, well crafted, coherent, um, well made of them. Okay. I, it's it's not a bad film. I, I think it's probably it, not going to make any money either. It's it's it the character the storyline is okay. Uh, it's filmed well. It's got a nice sensibility to it. It's bloody. It, it's it's you know it's it's known Matthew McConaughey uh, with the with the <laughs> with the electronic leg. Don't get me oh, wrong. Oh God! I think the last time we did a, a bad movie day outdoors was right yeah. around this time because we were doing it in October a lot because it was cool out we were doing hot chocolate it was just we put a little you know bourbon in the hot chocolate but we were doing it outside and it was great it had that Halloween vibe to it you know because it's October and we you know uh, it was great and we showed that outside and yeah. everybody fucking loved it so so other than like see uh other than like the the prologue that gives us maybe five ten minutes tops of a prepubescent Leatherface, mm-hmm. um, the everything else in this film we've gotten from other le- uh, Chainsaw films. Uh, you've got I, um, I got a small list here. Like like first of all, like the title Leatherface. Right. That's the title of the third Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. That's right. It's Leatherface they, three. Used, yeah, the, 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 the isn't it called Leatherface Three: The New Chapter or something like that? No, uh, it was. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Le- uh, Leatherface: A Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three, and then the tagline was "The Saw's Family." Oh, okay. All right, but the, so they've already used the fucking title. So this isn't the first time we've said, "Hey, Leatherface." Right. Uh, now, the, the, a lot of this film deals with like his upbringing in the family. We've seen the family dynamic in like every, almost every uh, film. Really, oh, uh, everyone, both, both, both paternal and maternal. We, you know, some more than others, but we've already we, over and over again, was like, oh, now we get to see what the family's like. We know what the family's like. They're fucking crazy. They eat people, and they're they're very, uh, you know, uh, protective of themselves of each other. We know that. Yep. Um, now, uh, <laughs> Stephen yeah. Dorff. Yeah, he's. I heard he's in it. <laughs> Stephen. Now, first, first of all, talk about things that we've seen before. Stephen Dorff in a career-killing bad movie. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yeah. Uh, oh but my he, god. But he plays a half-crazy, uh, revenge-driven sheriff uh, seeking justice against the family. Oh, great! De- that's Dennis Hopper, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two. We've seen this. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. That. That's. That's it. Uh, Leatherface is a sympathetic anti-hero. 
the last Texas Chainsaw Massacre to one in 3D. They kind of did that with that. We've yeah. seen that before. Um, uh, this film actually reminded me of two Rob Zombie films. There's a, the the first act takes place in a like a an insane asylum for teenagers. Okay. That rem- and immediately I'm thinking Halloween. Halloween and what was uh, the other Devil's Rejects? Devil's Rejects because of the whole sheriff, t- sure. like you know, like yeah, looking the abyss. Yep. Yeah. You, yep. Yeah. Got exactly. It. There's really nothing yeah, in this was, film. Yeah, uh, we... William Forsyth played the detective in there, and I remember we were watching that. And at the end of the film, you just turned to me. He goes, "Did zombie? Not, not did the zombie? End. Well, near well, the, end. the end. Near the end. During the end. Yeah. You just turned to me. You go, did Zom- is zombie doing what I think he's fucking doing? Because it's fucking genius. Yeah, I, I remember that. Almost makes up for uh, Lords of Salem. I still haven't seen that. Yeah, that you need to watch that this month. I'm telling you right now. Okay. If we're doing. If we're doing horror films and you're making me watch a Kevin Smith film, I'm not even challenging it to you. You just fucking watch that. I'll, I will make sure to watch it for next week then. All right. But so overall, and the, the, the film knows that doesn't have anything to offer because there's a second act twist mm-hmm. that is like kind of like, oh, that's interesting for about five, five, 10, 15 seconds. And then you're pissed because like I just that because then you because, you know, you that it was there's no point to it. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and I, and it, I imagine this isn't any kind of a spoiler alert. If it's all the usual family members, you know none of them die because this is a prequel to just about everything. Well, I mean, you can always add new family members. That's what and, I'm saying. I mean, like, if yeah. they have different family members you don't recognize, well, and you know that they're on the to-do di- the to-die list, uh, so it's not really even a, a shock. For me, the biggest tip of the hat is that they have Grandpa at the beginning with the hammer. Oh, you know, I, and I imagine because it's like, say, 20, 30 years earlier, he's got all his... Um... Yeah, he's not like... Yeah. <laughs> and there's uh, and I, I didn't do any research in it, so I didn't like read any interviews or anything, but there's the, his two older brothers, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm watching them. Like, one of them has to be the hitchhiker from the first film, but they're not really... They're, I didn't catch any clues that, what, that that was true. Okay. Um, but overall... The film just is, uh, I, I want to say disappointing, but maybe just underwhelming is like the perfect word for it. Okay. Yeah, I totally. It's, it's, I think it's worth seeing because, look at it this way, if you've watched all the other Texas Chainsaw Massacres, you might as well watch this one. <laughs> okay. And, and all, the other thing that really annoyed me too is, ever since the first film, whenever they do these, uh, I, I would say starting, you know, even with the second one, there's always been this promise of, hey, we're going to get to know Leatherface more. And every time they say that, we spend 80% of the film following other idiots wandering around getting killed randomly, and we only spend like maybe 10, 20% of the time with Leatherface. Right. No, you're right. Now, can could they create a film, a, a Texas Chainsaw film, where the lead character is the mute skin mask guy? I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, how do you do it? I mean, you're gonna have all of these panning shots of uh, the cinematic type shots where it's like you, you have to have the scene speak for him because he doesn't talk. I mean, is that even gonna work? It's a good question, but you know what? The only way to find out is to use some creativity and and uh, try something daring and different. So we're never gonna find out. <laughs> Got it. But uh. All right, so yeah, not a bad film, but my last film that I have to bring to the table 
<laughs> uh, is the 2009 film sat on a shelf for a couple of years and God knows why it was an amazing movie Cabin in the Woods oh yeah Never, we've never reviewed it I don't even think we've even alluded to it much on the show but That's it's an cool. it's an MGM produced film. MGM was having huge financial problems. That's why, um, ironically enough, Chris Hemsworth was in Cabin in the Woods, and he was also in, um, oh fuck the, why can't I think of the title? Uh, the the war film where the kids Russia invades and all that. The fuck was it? Uh, John Milios directed it. It had Patrick Swayze, and it had fucking C. Thomas Howell, and Wolverines! What the fuck is the name of that movie? Can't even think of it. No, Red, Red Dawn. Red Dawn. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fuck. Anyway. Anyway, uh, both of those films were produced by MGM, and then both of those films, both starring Chris Hemsworth, sat on a shelf for years. I remember when the stock option, when I used to do HSX all the time, when read the Red Dawn reboot... H HSX is Hollywood Stock Exchange, for those not in the know. Yes, that's right. Scott and I used to do that religiously. Yes. Um, I don't do it at all anymore, even though I log in every once in a while. But if you don't play, you don't get paid. So uh, I still only have a couple hundred million, which I turned into from $2 million. So I think you got even more than that, like three or four hundred million. Because you did it a lot longer than me after I quit. Um, yeah, but my, but, but I'm not good at picking things. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were good enough. You made a, a, at least a hundred million more than me. Yeah, when I, when I don't spend money on stocks, I make money. <laughs> they just collect an interest. Uh, so anyway, both of those movies uh, sat on a shelf for a long time, and specifically Cabin in the Woods. And it was written by Josh Whedon. Um, I believe it was written by Josh Whedon. Let me find out. Josh Whedon and Drew Goddard wrote the film. And it was filmed, it was done, I believe it was done sometime in early 2007. So they were filming in 06 and they finished in 07 or they filmed in the beginning of 07 and finished filming in the first quarter. Some shit like that. It, it, and then it just sat on a shelf for over two years and then it was released and it made no money because it didn't get the proper um it didn't get the proper bump actually it came out in 2012 so the film if i'm not mistaken was was done filming in 08 or 07 so it sat on a shelf for up to three or four years that's fucking insane i want to say that it was filmed in 08 or 09 and and then it was released in 2012 i mean that's fucking crazy it sit on a shelf that long and the only reason i think that it even was released was because paranormal activity sat on a shelf for almost the same amount of time and then it made a shit ton of money so they were probably thinking well let's take a chance well was chris helmsworth becoming more popular too didn't he do something before that that gained a lot of uh, attention um, I don't believe he had done Thor yet. I want to say that he did Thor the same year that this film was released. Or maybe this film was released because he was starting to get famous 
because that's what I'm he, he did Thor. Maybe that's yeah. what it was. Because this came out in April of 2012. And Thor came out 2011. It came out 2011. So that's probably what, what pushed it through. Yeah, is like, that oh, Thor shit. was a huge hit and Chris Hemsworth be- was... And what's crazy about it is if you watch Thor, he's totally fucking ripped. And then you watch Cabin in the Woods and he's he's skinny and he's in shape, but he, you Nowhere could tell... You could yeah. tell that this was made way before Thor was made. Yeah. I was, and thank God Thor, even though the only good thing about the movie Thor is that it led to the release of Cabin in the Woods. Uh, it's a great film. It's a great homage to a lot of different horror movies. It's a it, smart, again, a smart very horror Very smart. Film. And I remember us shitting on the movie poster because the tagline... Uh, what was the tagline? It was, it was something like "You think you know, but you don't," or something along those lines. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I, um, I think you were the one shitting on it. You think you know the story. Yeah, you think you know the story. Yeah, I think it was just you because I thought it was an interesting movie poster. I liked the movie poster. I hated the tagline. Look, I mean, look at these other taglines. They're so much better. If you hear a strange sound outside, have sex. You know, they probably use that in Europe. Uh, if an old man warns you not to go there, make fun of him. Like, these are all homages. I mean, that's Friday the 13th right there. The yeah. If you hear the strange noise, that's also Friday the 13th. Uh, quiet, abandoned property. Sold. <laughs> quaint. I mean, quaint. You know? not, qu- not quiet. Quaint. Oh, sorry. Uh, right. If the basement door swings open, go down there. I mean, like, every time, it's like, why are you going down there? It's like, and when they do it in the movie, you know it's an homage, so you're okay with it because it's so smart. Well, here's here's the great thing. When I saw this film, it was at a drive-in uh, during a double feature, and I had no idea what the second feature was. Okay. So, I mean, I, I went into this film blind enough where I didn't know what the movie was until the title came up. So the opening is, is them, like, the, that whole office uh, situation. Right. And, and it's like... Great dialogue, you know, great scene, and then like, cabin in the woods. Like, what the fuck is going on here? It's <laughs> such a, it's such a brilliant opening yeah. because it it tells you everything and nothing at the same time. Yeah, oh yeah. Of it course. really, yeah. I just and and I, I am still embarrassed to this day that I was enjoying the film so much, I didn't get the ending. Oh really? Yeah, I. I I, I just I, I wasn't paying attention. I was having so much fun with the movie that at the very end with the whole thing with the gods. I, I, somebody else a week later said I was talking about it. Said Scott, you get you got the ending right. So what do you mean? Yeah, you know the end of the world. Say like, no, the gods, they're us. It's so the whole horror film thing that you know appeasing the god. I'm like I didn't get that. Oh, <laughs> I felt so stupid. I was like I didn't. I just because with even without that. It was, you know, it's like the Babadook. Right. Even if you don't get it, it's still a great film. Oh yeah, I oh, really. Yeah. You, you don't have to. You don't have to get the, the like catch that part to enjoy it. But that makes it so much better. But I was so embarrassed. I was like, <laughs> "Fuck, man!" Here I am, like bragging about how I'm a smart film goer. And it's like, "Oh no, you're, you're the gods." Yeah, Lovecraft, right? No, jackass. <laughs> no, great film all around. No, great, and I, you know, and I don't want to even talk too much about it because that's a film I don't want to spoil. Well, I gave away the ending just now. Spoiler you did, alert. you did, but 
you don't really you don't give away exactly what happened, so it's all good. Yep. Now with the Baba Duke, with I don't mind spoiling the Baba Duke because if it helps me or helps us help you understand it more, you'll enjoy it more. You know what? I but I I think the with the Baba Duke, us revealing that ending, which is why we said spoiler so many times, it really does kind of ruin the film to an extent. But yeah, what, I guess if you don't figure it out on your own. But the ending, but but the ending with um, uh, Cabin in the Woods, me saying that, that has has really no effect on the movie at all. None. Except not really. I really didn't spoil anything except, you know, the smart part. You know what's funny? Uh, the credits are rolling for uh, Galaxy of Terror, and it said second unit director James Cameron. Now that I gotta f- now I gotta find out if that's James Cameron. That motherfucker. I have to find out now. So now the movie's over. <laughs> well, so, uh, then I'm, I. So now I everyone had, gets to look at the background of my uh, my computer. I had a couple more films up my sleeve, but I can hold those off until next episode. For next week, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Hold on, I gotta look this up. James Tr- fucking Cameron. Trust me, they can wait. I'm not doing that right. Trust me, they can wait. Much better. <laughs> All right, James Cameron. Let's before I end the show, I have to miscellaneous crew. Maybe he's in that. Maybe he was in camera and electrical. Art department product cinematographer. Aliens of the Deep. This fucking twat. You could have worked. You could have worked the other way, mind you. What do you mean? F- find the credit in Galaxy of Terror and click on it. Oh, you're right. I, that's probably better. I'm gonna try to race you there now. Full Stay cast. tuned as we race through the credits to uh... James Cameron. Production design by it is fucking him. <laughs> James Cameron. The fucking hack that he is worked on Galaxy of Terror as a second unit director. Holy balls. It actually says production design by, but in the credits, unless he's got two credits where he did production design and second unit director. Fuck him. By the way, is James James Cannon... Oh yeah, he does have two credits. Second unit director and production design. James Cameron, is he he's the director that keeps talking shit about Wonder Woman? Yep. Yeah, fuck him. Fuck him sideways. Fuck him. You know, he, he's got such a... He has such a problem with women. You can tell when his ex-wife won the Oscar, and he's like, oh, well, you know, this year they gave it to a little film. Fuck you. Yeah, and didn't he say well, something about you. it would have been better in 3D or some garbage like that? Yeah, yeah. He says, it's just like, oh, it would have been better in 3D. Says, yeah, your ass would be better in 3D, you fuck. Yeah, you really want to feel, uh, you know, them diffusing these bombs in 3D. It's like, it'll just make it better. Uh, like, really? Oh, f- God damn, fuck you. And I he's, hate him he's so currently much. in pre-production for Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5, all back to back to back to back. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. Super. God damn him. And you know it's going to make a shit ton of money, even though there's, it's going to be almost 10 years removed from the, la- from the, from the last time he did the movie. That's Jesus, what they want. Jesus Christ. Avatar came out when we almost 
pretty much the year we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the Avatar review, you know, you know what? It was the same year we started this. Our huh. first episode ever was in August, and then the ball started rolling for real on October eighth, two thousand and nine, which is only three days away. We saw Avatar in a theater in December of two thousand and nine, and it was episode seven of this podcast, almost two hundred and fifty episodes ago. And I remember I tried to be nice, and we had we had to come back the next episode and say, yeah, "No, you know what? I'm it not- sucks." No, it, it fucking sucks horribly. I was just trying to be nice. Yes, and then the internet lashed out at you for saying it was directed by Ridley Scott. <laughs> you know, you make one mistake. You know, I'm only writing this thing like at two in the morning. But here's yeah. the thing: this is what people should understand. Whether it was directed by James Cameron or Ridley Scott, the point is still the same. You know what I mean? It could have been directed by anybody. The point is still the same. That the movie sucked balls. Yeah. I mean... So... And, and really, as far as Ridley Scott goes, I mean, you know, fuck him too. <laughs> yeah. The fuck right. would, what's he done for me lately? Alien Covenant? Fuck you. Yeah. Oh, I guess if you watch that this month, we, you could bring, bring that to the table. I, I, I have to. I think <laughs> I have to. Yeah. Just bring it to the table. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I'm legitimate. I made The Martian. Shut up. I like The Martian. No, the Martian, Prometheus. The Martian's a Prometheus. Good Fuck Prometheus. Oh, thank you. We'll get back on track there. Okay. Um, all right. Let's cue in the music and let's get this show ended. Uh, this is episode 255 of Movie Sucktastic, our Halloween edition. Uh, all month long, we're doing Halloween Ooh. films. Uh, we're doing Halloween films all month. Please join us. Uh, go to our website at moviesucktastic.com. You can listen to the show there. You can download the show there. You can tune in live with us every Thursday at 8 o'clock, which we highly recommend. You'll have a lot of fun with us. Um, you can go to iTunes and you can download or listen to the show there as well. You can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. And you can see when we go live to movie trailers, to news, to just stuff that we post there that's uh, movie related in some way. It always goes there. You can go to our Tumblr page at uh, moviesucktastic.tumblr.com. And you can also leave us voicemail at 908-514-4470. If you leave us voicemail, we'll play it on the show. Uh, You can leave us email. The address is themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. If you send us something, we'll read it on the show. And, uh, uh, oh, get the app for your Android phone or Android device. It's 100% free. Highly recommend it. Uh, Everything I just said is in there. You can listen to the show right from the app, which is how a lot of people like to listen to the show. You can listen to it in your car. I mean, how cool is that? Oh, yeah. So absolutely get the uh, Android app for your phone uh, or tablet or whatever device you're using Android-wise. Highly recommend it. And uh, that's my spiel. That about does it. Do you have any words of wisdom, Mr. Wilson? Who's the master? Show enough. <laughs> Shogun of Harlem. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Stay spooky. Yeah. Welcome home, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been my final words. Hey, we got it in there, so it, it worked out. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye.